to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. You're listening to The Friday Fix. Every Friday, I share a quick mental strength strategy that can help fix the thoughts, feelings, and actions that can hold you back in life. Today, I'm talking about catastrophic thoughts and an effective strategy for dealing with them. All of us have catastrophic thoughts sometimes. It might involve exaggerating how awful something was in the past. Like maybe you said something in a meeting at work two days ago, and you're still thinking about how stupid you sounded, and you imagine that everyone is laughing at you now. Or maybe you have a catastrophic thought about the future, like you predict that your stomach ache is a sign of internal bleeding and you're convinced that you're about to die. But then you tell yourself if you go to the hospital to get help, you'll rack up bills so high you'll end up homeless and destitute. You might have catastrophic thoughts about your inability to cope with something too. Perhaps you've even said something like, oh, I'd die if something like that ever happened to me when you see a tragic event on the news. Or maybe every time you imagine launching your own business, you start thinking about all the things that could go wrong and how you'd be so anxious that you wouldn't be able to function. We all have catastrophic thoughts sometimes. They're those thoughts that are exaggeratedly negative and they cause us to feel really awful. And they can prevent us from taking some kind of helpful action too. And that's because sometimes we don't take action because we're too busy thinking about all the horrible what-if scenarios. Like, ugh, what if I mess up? What if I embarrass myself? What if I lose all my money? So rather than spend your time preparing for something or increasing your chances of success, you'll likely waste your time thinking about all those awful things. Catastrophic thoughts can also prevent you from living a full life. After all, if you envision everything that you could do ending in disaster, you might not dare take any risks in life. Even small risks might feel really overwhelming. Before I explain my favorite strategy for dealing with catastrophic thoughts, let's talk about why they occur. Essentially, our brains are hardwired to look for danger. That's a good thing. Your brain tells you that if you step into oncoming traffic, you will likely get run over. That thought encourages you to look both ways before you cross the street. So realistic thoughts can help. The problem is our brains can sometimes look for so much danger that they prevent us from enjoying life because we're constantly imagining horrible things happening. Or our thoughts become so unrealistic, yet they're so believable, that we struggle to be rational. You don't necessarily need a diagnosable mental health condition to experience catastrophic thoughts. They're common in certain mental health issues, like anxiety disorders and PTSD, however. Traumatic experiences can also cause you to catastrophize things. After losing my mom, my husband, and my father-in-law in a relatively short period of time, my brain became convinced that everyone around me was about to die. If someone had a headache, my brain would tell me that they probably have an inoperable brain tumor. Or if someone was running late, my brain automatically goes to the worst case scenario and says, well, they were probably in a lethal car accident. Fortunately, as a therapist, I knew that catastrophic thinking was normal given those circumstances, and I could remind myself that my brain wasn't always right. That worked to keep the anxiety a little more tolerable, at least most of the time. 
Sometimes experiences where you felt blindsided, though, can also cause you to catastrophize, even if those things weren't necessarily traumatic. And that's because your brain wants you to be better prepared for danger in the future. So let's say you were fired from your job and you didn't see it coming. At your next job, I guarantee your brain will be on high alert for signs that you might get fired. If you get an email from the boss asking to meet, you might automatically assume that you're about to be fired. Or if you're not invited to a certain meeting, you'll start to think about all the reasons why you didn't get invited. And you might decide that it's a surefire sign that you're about to be fired again. In some cases, those catastrophic thoughts can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Someone who's terrified of being fired might not be effective at their job because they're constantly looking for reassurance that they're doing good work. And they'll be distracted. Ultimately, that might be what gets them fired. I've worked with a lot of therapy clients over the years on strategies for managing catastrophic thoughts. One man in particular that I worked with, he was in his early 40s and he lived with his mom. According to him, he lived with her so he could help her out around the house because she'd gotten up there in age. But truth be told, he'd never actually moved out of the house. He struggled with catastrophic thoughts about just about everything. So other than going to work, he rarely went anywhere or did anything. And if he had an opportunity to do something fun, he would usually say no because he'd sit around and imagine all the horrible things that could happen. He'd say, well, what if I got a flat tire after dark and I didn't have any phone reception? What would I do? He probably could have had a lot better of a job than the one that he actually had. He had a college degree, but the job he had didn't require any education. His employer would encourage him to become a supervisor, but he refused because he'd imagine, well, what if I messed up or I'd get fired? So to prevent those catastrophes from happening, he just didn't do anything that he thought might be even a little bit risky. But even that didn't prevent all of his catastrophic thoughts. He still spent a lot of time thinking about what if I get in a car accident or what if I get a flat tire on the way to the therapy office? And he originally came to see me because he was depressed. But the reason he was depressed is because he never did anything challenging. He didn't have any fun. And he never tested any of his catastrophic thoughts to discover what he was capable of doing. So in therapy, I encouraged him to start playing the script until the end. It's an exercise that helped him manage those catastrophic thoughts that he had. So when he worried about going out at night because he was afraid he'd get a flat tire, I would ask him, what would you do if you had a flat tire? And he'd say something like, well, I might try to change it myself. So then I'd say, well, what would you do then? He'd say, well, if I couldn't change the tire, I'd have to call someone for help. And if I happened to be in a rural area and I didn't get phone reception, I'd either have to walk to a gas station or wait and see if somebody stopped for help. So when I asked him how bad those things would be, he acknowledged that it would be inconvenient, but it wouldn't be horrible. He wouldn't die. Yet he spent years avoiding so many things because he thought a flat tire would be a complete disaster. He'd never even really taken the time to think about how he'd actually handle getting a flat tire. That's why playing this script through until the end is a therapy strategy that we use quite often. When someone says that they want to launch a business, but they doubt they would earn much money, we play that script through until the end. What would happen if you didn't get any customers? They might say, well, I might have to close down the business or I might struggle to pay the bills. So then I'll ask them, well, what's the worst case scenario? They might say, I could lose my home. So, well, then what would you do? well, I'd have to find a new job and a new place to live. But often they'll then conclude that although that would be difficult, it's not the end of the world. And sometimes people are just imagining their inability to cope with something 
or their loved one's inability to cope with a tragic event. I once worked with a woman who took care of her elderly parents. She knew that they obviously weren't going to live forever. And she'd say things like, I won't be able to handle it when they die. So even though it was uncomfortable and kind of morbid to play that script through until the end, that's what we did. She imagined what her life would be like when her parents were gone. She pictured herself being really sad and crying for a long time. But then I asked her to imagine what her life might be like one year down the road. And she could see herself getting on in life by focusing on her career, maybe spending time with friends, doing things around her home. So then I asked her to imagine herself five years down the road. By then, she was sure that she could be out there having fun. She might travel. She might spend time in nature. She might even start loving life again. Playing the script through until the end, in her case, helped her see that while, yes, it would be painful if she lost her loved ones, she could go on and create a happy life for herself in the future if she wanted to. So when you experience catastrophic thoughts, play the script through until the end. Ask yourself, what would I do if that thing I fear actually happened? Then ask yourself, how bad would that be? Keep in mind, you might have to think far into the future, like months or even years down the road, to see that you could recover from whatever catastrophe might come your way. Reminding yourself that while, yes, something might be hard or painful at first, but you can cope with it, takes a lot of the sting out of those catastrophic thoughts. There are other strategies that can help too, like scheduling time to worry. That's something that we discussed on the show before. If you want to hear more about that strategy, check out episode 196, Three Ways to Declutter Your Mind. In that episode, we discuss how to set aside time each day to worry. And doing so can train your brain to contain catastrophic thinking to just 15 minutes a day. But remember that you can't necessarily prevent all those catastrophic things from happening. In fact, you can't even necessarily prevent all bad things from happening, but most of your catastrophic thoughts aren't true and you can control how you respond to them. Playing this script through until the end is an effective way to prevent them from having too much power over your feelings or your behavior. So give it a try this week. Whenever you have a catastrophic thought, play this script through until the end and see what happens. You might find it helps you cope with all those what-if scenarios a lot better. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcasts.